I was like, why am I here, God? Like, I know. Listen, I don't. I love being a lawyer because it calls on some of the talents and the gifts that I have, like leadership, problem solving, um, stuff like that. But I know this ain't what you got. This is I know this is not what you got for me in terms of like fulfillment and meaning. And so I started to ask God to reveal my purpose to me. I feel like I started praying those prayers and I wasn't using those words. I was just like, God, show me what I'm supposed to be doing. What am I supposed to be doing? Why am I here? Why am I on this earth? Welcome to another episode of the Ageless Conversations podcast. I'm Tamika from TamikaMcTeer.com. If you are new to the podcast, here's what you need to know. We are a community that believes that there is no age that defines the life of every woman. So every week you'll hear a conversation that I know will inspire you to change your mindset, gain confidence, and live a lifestyle thriving, not determined by age. Joining us today on the podcast, we have Paviel Bookman. Paviel is a lawyer, strategist, and a coach who serves people of faith by demystifying the topic of purpose to help them become more confident and fulfilled in their lives. She's the host of the Purpose Collective podcast, where she talks about what living a life purpose is really about. Each week on her podcast, she discusses insights to help you conquer fear and tap into your gifts to fully live out your life's purpose, just as God intended. Javier, welcome to the Asia's Conversations podcast. I'm so excited for this conversation today. Girl, I'm excited to be here. I cannot wait to to talk to you. Who knows what's going to come out? <laughs> <laughs> right. And for those of you that are um, listening, as I was telling Pavio just before I hit record on this conversation, I feel like um, she's somebody that I already know because ironically, or maybe I shouldn't say it's ironic, but I am a listener of her podcast. And so when I had got the invitation that she wanted to be, um, you know, was reaching out to be a guest here on the podcast, of course, I was excited about it because I was like, I was thinking about reaching out to her anyway. So just awesome to um, have you here um, to share with my audience and have them to learn a little bit more about you, what you do, your podcast, and just all of that good stuff. But before we jump into today's conversation, Pavel, as we head into our second quarter of the year, I can't believe that we are where we are in this year of 2023 already. But what's one of the things that you um, are most excited about as you head into second quarter? Ooh, so... Recently, I've had a lot of new revelations from God about his plans for me. And I'm just really excited for how that carries me throughout the rest of the year and honestly throughout the rest of my life, because now I know that the like the way that I operate in some areas, like there's a reason for it, like, you know, like. It makes so much sense to me now. And so now I'm just like in this period of preparation and learning. Um, And so I'm looking forward to what that turns into and how God decides to use me in that way. You know what I'm also looking forward to and and I'm excited about is there are a lot of people I'm noticing who are having the scales removed from their eyes. Like there is an awakening of people, people who have never been Christians and they are on, but they are literally accepting salvation and casting out demons the next day. Like they're not playing. And so I'm also like, you know, from an internal perspective, I'm looking for the things that I just talked about and how God uses that in ministry. But I'm also looking forward to seeing all of the people who are coming to Christ and their fire. 
that that is that is something awesome to uh, be able to experience something awesome to be able to witness, you know, people get in that relationship and just start seeing what that journey is like. And awesome for you as well, as you stated, just having this new revelation. Would you say in this revelation, do you feel like prior to it becoming more clear to you as it is as of now, do you feel like that's something that you were seeking more clarity on and now you you have it? Nope. I wasn't seeking clarity on anything because God had already given me. So God had already revealed my purpose to me. And then he'd already given me like a vision for where to take this ministry in the next three to five years. Really, I have a five-year vision statement that I was able to pray about and put together while I was in California for during the Christmas holiday break. Child. I went to California on Christmas Day to hang out with somebody I'd never hung out with in person so that I could spend time just dreaming and listening to God about what he wanted me to do with this ministry. But I wasn't seeking anything. And it came after, you know what it came after, Tamika? It came after a strong, swift, obedient act. Like God literally told me to do something that was completely outside of my comfort zone and outside of my interest area, honestly. And then in my obedience in doing that, that's when it started to become revealed to me Mm. about, you know, okay, this is a more complete picture of who you are and what you are supposed to be doing in the kingdom. This is a more complete picture of, you know, how you're supposed to operate in your purpose. And so that's where it came. I love that. And the biggest thing I took from that is it was a faith move for you because you talked about following the obedience like you didn't know. But as soon as you just made that move, everything became much more clear for you. So I love that. You talk about your ministry. For those that are listening and are not familiar with you, I love for you to just share a little bit about um, the ministry and the work that you're doing. Since you say like your purpose has already been made clear to you. I love for you to just share that journey. Yeah, yeah. So my ministry is through the Purpose Collective. And God called me in June of 2020 to teach. And then in September of 2020, he specifically said, teach people how to discover their calling and their purpose. And I was like, what? I don't even I don't even understand what that would even look like. You know, I know what my process was like, but I don't understand what that looks like for somebody else. And I kid you not, God downloaded the entire curriculum to me. And I was like, bet, you know, because he knows what I can do with a framework and a structure. So when he gave me a framework and a structure, I'm like, you you already know I can teach now. I got some stuff. And so from there, I started the Purpose Collective I would say I how it first started was, so he gave me that word in 2020. By October of 2020, I, w- I started an email list and I just started just emailing the 10 people who had agreed, which were like my friends and family and church members. And I started emailing them just about purpose or about a word or whatever that I would get from God to share. And I mean, now there's thousands of people on that list. Wow. Um, But I still email. And so I would email every Thursday morning and I still keep the same schedule every Thursday morning. I'm sending an email pretty much. I think I've maybe missed out of three years. It'll be 
it'll be three years in October of this year. I think I maybe have missed two Thursdays. So I started doing that. And then I'm like, well, I need to get some stuff out because God told me to teach this class. And it was a whole ordeal about me charging for it because I'm like, I don't feel like I should be charging for this. And God completely took that out of my, he's like, first of all, this ain't about you. Yeah. You know, and I'm telling you to do this and I'm telling you to charge. So boop. So I'm like, okay, well, I need a free way to help people too, because I don't want that to be to, to be a barrier. So mm-hmm. that's when I said, okay, I'm going to start the podcast. Yeah. So I started the Purpose Collective podcast in December of 2020, and um, it's been going on ever since then. So that's what I do. I help believers to partner with God, learn how to hear his voice and how he communicates with them to discover what purpose he has for them. And and really, it's a it's a lot of just learning how to communicate with God, learning how to make demands of him for the for the promises that he's giving you. And then what to do in that period while you're waiting for him to reveal it, because you should be doing something. Yeah, I love that. And that that obviously when you mentioned you should be doing something while you're waiting, that's obviously um, goes back to scripture as well. Face without work is, is dead. Like, so what are you doing? You can't just say like, hey, God, I want you to do this and I want you to show up on my behalf. But you are not putting in the work for the results that you want to see. So I love that. And so just through this journey, it helped you, like you said, discover your your purpose, because obviously that's that's the thing. And I would say it was something that people were definitely trying to identify with pre-pandemic, but it's definitely something, it's definitely something that I think has been magnified since then and more people wanting to develop and understand that. I remember many, many years ago, one of the first encounters I had when I think, when I think about the word purpose and um, wanting to get started with like understanding what my purpose was and what God would have for me. I was drawn to the book Purpose Driven Life by who is it? Rick Warren many years back then. And so for me, I'm always like, wow, that was so many years ago. And then now again, and sometimes I think of it as like life repeats itself in cycles. Um, obviously in different cycles, different people will be impacted and new discoveries will always be made. But you know, I kind of think of it like fashion too. Like fashion tends to repeat itself. Some something will come back and it will be of that style, but different in the way it's worn today versus, you know, when you saw wide legs in the seventies, you know what I'm saying? Just repeating itself and things like that. So a lot of times that's how, I don't know, I look at, I look at purpose today and some of the discoveries that people have of it. And when you talked about earlier that it's a, a lot of awakening going on. It is. And so many people you hear now reconnecting with th- their true selves and who they, you know, were, are tr- truly, who they truly are and not this person that they have been performing to be or who this person that they thought they had to be, but really becoming, you know, just their authentic selves. And so when you think about purpose, what's some of the myths? that you believe people, you know, think when they hear this word purpose? Oh my goodness. It's like debunking myths about purpose has become like a full-time job at this point. (laughs) I'm exaggerating, but really I have to like get out all of the junk that society and culture has had people to believe what purpose is. And ultimately what it really is, is a scheme of the devil. Because if he can get you confused about what the will of God is for your life, 
He can keep you away from it. And you'll be searching and searching and searching with zero fulfillment in life and trying to figure out, oh, you know, I, I don't know what my purpose is. But, you know, last week you were saying your purpose was A, B, and C. So I would say the number one thing, mm-hmm. one of the number one things um, that people believe about purpose that isn't true is that purpose is temporal, like that it changes. Mm-hmm. And there's just no support for that in scripture. Cause I'm a, I'm gonna take you back to the word. I, whatever I do, you know, I will clearly tell you if this is my opinion, but this ain't my opinion. <laughs> like the scripture does not support that because when you think about what purpose actually is, it's the original reason for the creation of something. Like it's, it's w- what you were created to do, you know, what, what, it, what you're supposed to do. And like, think about even something naturally like an oven. So an oven was created to be able to cook food at controlled temperatures because before that people would have to cook it on an open fire and you can't control, like imagine trying to make a key, a delicacy, like a quiche yeah. on an, an open, open fire. fire. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, we ain't making that, you know? <laughs> so that was the reason why an oven was made, but there's so many reasons why people actually use ovens that have nothing to do with that. Like there are people who store pots and pans in their ovens. Mm-hmm. There are people, people who use, use it for heating. Purposes. I was just about to say that there are people who <laughs> use, heat, you know, ovens for heating. And the truth is it can be used for those things, but really that's a faulty way of using them because you can't organize the pots and pans that you put in there. And every time you want to bake something, you got to take them all out. Mm-hmm. Put, put them somewhere, you know, in the meantime, and then put them all back in. And then if you're heating, trying to heat your home, it's really just going to heat the area that's closest to the oven. So the rest of the house is going to be cold. So these are not ideal ways to use an oven, but sure, you can use them in those ways. And it doesn't change why it was created. It's just changing why you were, why you were, I mean, how you were using it. So it doesn't change the fact that the owner, I mean, that the creator created the oven to do A, B, and C. Same thing with us, right? And so God is like, you know what? I have a need for my people on earth during a specific time. And I want to put Tamika on earth to do that during that period. She's right for that generation. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put her on earth for that. God is not a man that he should lie. Like he's not, and he's not going to change his mind. Mm -hmm. That's what the word says, right? So we have to make sure that our understanding and our conclusions about a biblical concept like purpose is rooted in the word. So that's one misconception. That's one myth is that purpose is temporal. It's not your purpose is your purpose is your purpose. Now, how God chooses to use you in the vehicle he, he has you navigate that in that might change. Like for me, I have this course and then um, it's a, it's an online digital course. And then I have a podcast and I have a newsletter, but next year, the year after that, God might be like, host a conference. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, yeah. That doesn't mean my purpose changed. My purpose is still the same, which is to teach believers how to become intimate with God so that they can hear from him. That's the nature of my purpose. So that that's one I, that really just grinds my gears. Another one is like people have this belief that purpose is the same thing as their passion. Yeah. And I think that that's a real crafty tool of the enemy, because if he can get you that, to focus and- on the things that you like, yeah, and that's definitely one of the ones. That's definitely one of the ones that you hear people um, when they call it out and can verbally say is definitely the struggle between the 
passion and purpose. Well, I really, really like this, but that doesn't mean that it's your purpose. Mm-mm. It just means it's something you like. And guess what? That can change. We are a fickle people. And what we like today may not be what we like 10 years from now. But that doesn't change why God created us. Okay. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. so that is another one. And now, when you're thinking about purpose versus passion, I want you to think about the fact that passion is temporal. It's very personal to you. It's like what you like, what you feel, what you want and desire. Whereas purpose is about what you provide to others. It's mm-hmm. what you provide in the kingdom. And that doesn't mean that you won't like it. It just means that you shouldn't be chasing after the thing that you are, you know, passionate about believing that that's necessarily going to be your purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And you talked about um what your purpose being, you said to. Yeah. So my purpose is to teach believers how to become intimate with God. It's all about spiritual intimacy and helping pl- believers to hear the voice of God and respond. And so where he has me at right now is teaching them how to hear him yeah. about their calling and their purpose. How would you describe your own personal journey with that? When you think about your own personal journey with your relationship with God and your evolution, how you continue to grow where you were in the beginning, where did that spiritual intimacy begin um, for you and how do you continue to develop it? Oh, that's such a good question because I did not grow up in the church, but I did have a period of my life, the last two years of high school when I moved in with my mother and she had me in church every Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. So um, I was there a lot. Uh, but I would say that my spiritual growth happened maybe around seven years ago. So between the time where I was 16 up until the point where I was about 31, um, I would just go to church. I wouldn't read my Bible outside of church. I wouldn't watch sermons. I wouldn't study. I wouldn't. I had no curiosity. Well, let me not say no. I didn't have enough curiosity to seek out the things that I wanted to learn more about from the scriptures. Um, I would do devotionals, but I wouldn't. There would be no deep dive or revelation from them. For understanding. Do you feel like it was more like habit just for you? Like. A, a check do a check thing like I I did it today so yeah that's what I think it, it was I think it was part habit and it was desire because I was desiring more but not enough for me to be curious enough to seek out the truths mm-hmm. in the Bible and I honestly probably if I'm if I'm really if I'm really interrogating the why I think I felt like that was for pastors Mm. and leaders in the church. Okay. So not for everyday people or not for all of his children, but only for those that you felt like were on the front line or like with a flock following. Right. I felt like it was, it was reserved for them because I wasn't in an environment that was teaching that you have spiritual gifts inside of you that God wants to use. You you are a believer. You have power over the mm-hmm. enemy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in an environment that was teaching me, you know, how to really engage in in this world 
that's not of God right. <laughs> as a person who is of God. <laughs> um, but I was getting messages, you know, those messages were either motivational messages or, um, you know, like those messages that, that pretty much prompt you to correct behaviors and stuff like that. Um, so for that period of time, I was, um, seeking and desiring, um, but not really curious enough to kind of dive in. And also there was, there wasn't really like an example either. Like there wasn't examples of people. I didn't have people in my life who weren't leaders in the church okay. who were exhibiting any power or, or anything, you know, like that either. So I didn't even have really like a model, but baby, let me tell you something. I got connected with a Bible teaching church. This is how I know. This is how I know God is so good because I took a job. I left Miami. I interviewed for a job in Charlotte and I was adamant about going to Charlotte. But when the chief attorney who oversaw all of the attorneys for my agency in Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, when she called me, she offered me this position in a very small town in Georgia, right outside of Atlanta. And Within minutes, I was like, I'll take that one. Wow. I'll take that one. Sight unseen. <laughs> and, but I had a, but I had a, I had a professional appetite for a certain kind of caseload. And, 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 um, I mean, I, I was coming from prosecuting attempted murders and traffic homicides and armed robberies, which are, exciting cases to try as a trial lawyer because you want justice for the victim. So I didn't want to go from doing something like that that felt very rewarding to doing what the attorneys were doing in the Charlotte office. Mm. What the attorneys were doing in this little small town office was very close in line in terms of the benefit that it provided to the citizens of this country. So I was like, you could send me there for a couple of years. And then I eventually, you know, I'm going to want to go to Charlotte. So I need you to transfer me to Charlotte. She was like, all right, cool. Bet, bet, bet. She was a black girl too. I mean, a black lady. She was the only black chief counsel in the country for this agency. Wow. And when I moved there, that's the same time that my church was starting to plant a church. In oh, the wow. City. Okay. And that's the bigger purpose for you being honey, there though. Honey, so I get here. Like you thought you were going for the job. (laughs) Thought I was going for some money. And some money and some and 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 some money and ministry. But it ended up it ended up it ended up being way more than I could have ever imagined. And so I connected with this Bible teaching church and my pastor was adamant about equipping us with foundational tools. Um, encouraging us to seek out the, he would, you know how I knew he was the one for me? He would say, he would make a point and he would say, here's the proof text. I'm Love a lawyer. It. I speak in terms of proof and evidence. Yeah. And so if you're giving me back up to the position that you're making, you, you, honey, you done sold me. Cause now I'm gonna go and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna look. What you say, and then I'm going to dissect and interrogate the scriptures for myself. Mm-hmm. And that he would talk to us about um, seeking out. He was like, don't take my word for it. You know, seek this for yourself. And I would I would start to seek. And then the job, I ended up not really liking it when I first got there. My boss, ooh, he made it a rough experience for me oh, no. at the time. And I was like, why am I here, God? Like, I know. Listen, I don't. I love being a lawyer. 
because it calls on some of the talents and the gifts that I have, like leadership, problem solving, um, stuff like that. But I know this ain't what you got. This is, I know this not what you got for me in terms <laughs> yeah. of like fulfillment and meaning. And so I started to ask God to reveal my purpose to me. I feel like I started praying those prayers and I wasn't using those words. I was just like, God, show me what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. What am I supposed to be doing? Why am I here? Why am I on this earth? I know it's not by accident. Your word doesn't even support stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm like, what is going on here? And so I prayed and it was years and years. And while I was praying, you want to know what I was doing? Learning how to hear his voice learning what prayer really was, learning how to read his word, dissect it and get the truths for myself. I was also putting my feet to work. My church was like, listen, we about to start launching Sunday services because the Bible study took off. And they're like, we're about to start launching Sunday services. So we want you to do A, B and C. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to be in the background doing X, Y and Z far, far away from A, B and C. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, our campus pastor, she got word of it. She was just like, they told me you ain't want to do A, B, and C, and that you're trying to do X, Y, and Z. And I said, that's exactly what I said. And, you know, they were not lying to you. And she was like, I don't know about that, Paviel. I don't know about that. Yeah. And so I tried what she said, which was teaching. It was literally teaching. It was teaching the new members presentation stuff. Yeah. And did you have the fear of, like, going in front of people? Was that your biggest thing? Did you not want to be the center of attention? Or did you just want to play in the background? Like, what was your, what was your why? What was your fear around being on the front line and and doing the teaching? Did you not feel qualified? It was a lot of, um, I didn't want to do it because I talk for a living and I don't need to be in front of people here. Like, I don't need to, you know, I have to do that at work and it's cool and all, you know, but I don't need to do that here, you know, and I can do this X, Y, Z stuff, which was back in, in, and putting information into our church database. Child, I could do that with my feet kicked up on a Friday. <laughs> you know, I don't have to like Did you, be you, in front you, of people. Were you looking for something that feel like work didn't have any work qualities to you? Yeah, I think that's what it was. No similar and I task. also don't like attention. Like it's one thing to get up and have your points and be arguing legal points. It's a whole other thing to be getting up there talking about things and answering questions, yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. essentially you're the face. Yeah. Like the pastor is the face of the church, but now you're the face for the people who didn't, who didn't take the next step. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I think that's what it was. And, and I eventually tried it and it was essentially teaching. And that was like September of 2019. And then, you know, he called me to teach the very next year. Um, so that's what my journey to my purpose looked like. Like I was not somebody who, you know, quote unquote, grew up in the church. And I feel like that was advantageous to me because I didn't come with no church hurt. Um, I had a very clear mind. Um, I wasn't, I didn't suffer any spiritual abuse. Mm -hmm. So I was able to see a church that I felt like God was calling me to and respond and then trust the leaders in that church to see the things in me that God had placed in me. Mm. That I was, um, that were either lying dormant or that I was kind of resistant to. Yeah. I love your entry, um, into like finding your purpose and getting connected to your church and all of that. And the latter of what you just said about like when your experience with church and just getting there, like you came in with no bad blood. So no ill feelings, no past hurt or anything like that. And I personally have to say for myself, 
when I think about my rededication to Christ, like my, I was baptized as a little girl and I went to church then, but it wasn't until like I got older. So for me at age 21, as an adult on my own, like I wanted to know, like I just knew like going through life. And then I was like, something is missing, but I can't quite put my finger on it. I had no idea like what was missing from my life at that time. And it's not like I was spiraling out of control. I just knew that it was something missing um, from my life, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And my experience uh, of like getting back, getting back to church after being gone from being a little girl, like my teenage years, I I don't even think I ever went to church during my teenage years. Um, but I do remember like 10 and under teenage, nothing. And then, you know, um, rededication back, like I said, at age 21. But um, like you, I went in with no, um, no bad blood, no negative thoughts of like, about the church. I didn't have any church hurt or anything. That's why I wasn't running from it. I was, I went in more so with a hunger. And so, yeah, when I found that I was like, oh, I'm home. Like, this is what the heck, like I could, like my spirit, it just like, when you talk about an awakening and just like your heart singing and your mind is like everything, like, yes, I was like, this is, this is what the heck I was missing. So like I had a hunger, a desire, like a want. There is nothing that can separate me from, you know, the love of God and being in his face and um, having that weekly communion and fellowship with other people, you know, that has a desire to um, grow and get to know him more. So for me, it's kind of, it's kind of like the same thing when I got back there, like that's, that's exactly the experience. And for me, I'm grateful even to this day that I can honestly say my walk with Christ. And um, when I think about the church specifically relationships and things like that, I'm forever grateful that I can still speak about the church in a way that it hasn't left me with any church hurt. Now, obviously being in church and things like that and having fellowship with other people and listening to some of their experiences or just seeing how they operate, whether that's just in relationship daily with women or specifically being a married woman and being around other married women, I can see how maybe some of people's upbringing and how they were raised in the church and maybe distorted beliefs that they were, you know, taught and how they show up in their marriage because of various different reasons. And so they still struggle to really become themselves because they are torn between a lot of the, you know, premarital, you know, messages and trying to get past those and show up who they really want to be maybe as a wife today. I I just really love for myself personally that I'm not someone that, you know, has had that, that, that experience of like church hurt or negativity come from it in a way that will make me never want to go there um, and have fellowship with other um, believers again. Cause you know, obviously it's people like that. Um, and so, yeah. What are some practices moving forward though, that you would say for people when it comes to them wanting to, you know, pursue their purpose? So like for people who know what their purpose is, like God has revealed it to them and they are trying to transition from the, having the knowledge to executing on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my recommendation is you got to just jump out and do something. Like the minute you, the minute God reveals your purpose to you, ask him, okay, so what is the vehicle that I'm supposed to use to walk this out? And then while you're waiting for an answer, Come up with a plan and ask him, okay, God, like if God calls you to be someone who advocates for domestic violence victims or for human trafficking victims, like he's called you to the, to the area and he's giving you a burden 
for victims of human sex trafficking. You're like, all right, God, should I start a nonprofit? Should I join someone else's nonprofit? Should I be uh, working with um, law enforcement agencies as somebody that they can consult with as an expert on this? Like, should I just be researching or what he, here's what I'm here's what I've come up with. Are any of these sufficient? Reveal mm-hmm. it to me. Give me some kind of confirmation about any of these. If no, send me back to the drawing board mm-hmm. and make sure that you are reading God's word, because when he wants to get a message to us, a very good way to get that message is through his written word. And what he'll do is he'll quicken a scripture to you. And by quicken, what I mean is that word on that page will become what's called a rhema word, meaning that it will become a life to you and it will speak to you in a way that has never that it has probably never spoken to you before. If it was a scripture that you've already read or it will speak to you in a way that no other scripture has ever spoken to you. And so you'll be like, oh, this hit, this hit me. I can't move on. Mm-hmm. I keep reading it. You know, it's it's sticking with me and figure out, all right, well, who's speaking here? Who are they talking to? What are they talking about? What's the overall message here? How can I apply this to my life? Is this related to what I prayed to ask God about? You know what I mean? So I think that those are really good areas to to start and it also helps without it also helps with cutting out some of the fear you might feel because you're focusing on the execution and not necessarily the result because it's not about you and I feel like people who fear you know looking crazy or um if it fails are really worried about themselves uh, in that moment yeah, and yeah. Um, fear is a spirit. Fear is a spirit that you do not have to accept. That is a gift from the enemy. And because it is a gift, you don't have to accept it. It's not something that's innate in you. And so I think if you're focusing on hearing from God about next steps and he'll give them to you, um, there's a scripture that says, you know, be a light unto my path. Like he will give you steps by step, by step. If you try to get the whole picture, then you're in the wrong place. But <laughs> I mean, he might because, you know, that's within his absolute providence. Like he might show you your future doing whatever, or he might send a prophet to prophesy to you about it. But for the most part, for most of us, he gives us step by step by step. You just heard me. He got me out here as the purpose pusher and he's still revealing <laughs> aspects to me, honey. So as the purpose pusher, what is some of the biggest transformations you've seen um, the women that are on your email list or in your small groups or however it is that you connect with them? When you get to connect with them, what's some of the biggest transformations you've been able to witness? You know, what's really big for me is when someone like one of my students, she went from a period of not really hearing from God to being able to hear his voice clearly and follow his commands swiftly. And I'm a huge proponent of swift obedience. And there was um, an instant where she was like, I just heard God telling me like she was dealing with a complex issue and she had been ruminating on it for days and with no real answer about what to do about it. And she heard God say, go for a walk, go for a walk, go for a walk. And she was like, you sure right now? This is not the time. And, and he was like, go for a walk. So she put on her sneakers. She went for a walk. Complete clarity. 
complete clarity. Like the Holy Spirit just did a download. That is huge for me. That is huge for me because when the scriptures say my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. That's what she's experiencing. Like, and I'm like, if you, if you can do this, like if you can get to a point where you can hear the voice of God clearly and obey his commands, listen, baby, that's, that's the, that's the first key right there. That's the first key to overcoming some of the schemes of the enemy. Um, and so what really, I guess what I'm really getting at is that outside of the fact that, you know, my students and my coaching clients, like they'll, you know, discover their purpose or whatever. Like that's a great end result because that's the promise of my program is to be able to position you to be able to get that result. Um, but before you even get there, you have to learn how to hear from God. And I just love when anybody can go from not being able to hear God to being able to hear from God. It just does. It just does something to me. I can't really describe it, but that's probably th- those are the break. Those are the biggest breakthroughs that I'll hear because there's so many things. There's so many things that really prevent people from hearing God clearly. This world is so noisy. Like I was listening to a podcast earlier. These two girls who recently got delivered from a bunch of evil spirits mm-hmm. and they were they watched some movie. I gotta go back and figure out what this movie is. I think it's called Jesus Revolution or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they watched that movie, and what one of them took for the from the movie was that lies are loud, but the truth the truth is quiet, and the world just gets us in a place where we where it's just so loud. Some people just cannot sit in silence like from the time they walk in the door when they get home it's noisy they got to have something that's playing they got to listen to some music turn on something they just can't sit and just be with their thoughts and listen to the voice of God and the Holy Spirit like how is he supposed to talk to you you know and then if it's not that then they partake in substances that cloud their ability to hear Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know like I remember talking to this guy and he started talking to me about how one of his spirit, one of his friends is, is going to start smoking, smoking weed because he feels like when he smokes, he's able to process his thoughts more clearly and articulate things in a way that he could never do it before. And I'm just like, oh, that's just such a trick of the enemy. Um, because where in the Bible does it say smoke some weed? You know, you'll be able to hear me clear more clearly. It doesn't. It's just, it's just foggy. Um, but yeah, like weed and getting drunk and then there's all these other, um, mental illnesses that people experience, which is, um, it's just, it's a lot. Like, how can you hear the voice of God when you have spirits in your mind or voices in your head talking to you? And so when somebody's able to break through all of that and hear God clearly, that is a major breakthrough. For me, that's that's it for me. Yeah, the purpose collective. What do you enjoy most about those conversations you get to have on this podcast? Ooh, and and who and who is the podcast for? Okay, so I'm gonna start first with who the podcast is for. So the podcast, 
is really for believers um, because I'm talking about Jesus. So if you're not somebody who, if you're somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus, then it could be for you too, because you could kind of get a, a glimpse at, you know, the life of a believer. But if you're listening and you, you know, you get offended by some of the things I say, the truth is the show is really, you know, created with the believer in mind, because I'm talking about kingdom principles. And um, I mean, if you ain't part of the kingdom, then it may not be a place where you find that it's your community, but you might find that it is. You might be like, oh, this gives language to some of the things that I experience." So, um, but ultimately it's for people who believe in Jesus, who want to discover their purpose or who want support as they walk out their purpose. They're like, "Ooh, it's a lot. God done put a lot on me. I need some help. This is a great place to come because either I'm going to be teaching on something that's helpful for you, or I'm going to have a guest on whose story is going to resonate with your experience and they will tell you how they got over. So it's for those people or for anyone who desires to grow spiritually, because I talk about a lot of, um, a lot of areas of spiritual growth. Um, I have episodes about, all sorts of things like overcoming satanic deception, which is something that's really important for somebody who's trying to pursue their purpose or for someone who's trying to discover their purpose because the enemy will give a carrot to a rabbit. So if you are somebody who likes a certain kind of thing, the enemy will feed that to you and tell you it's your purpose. So that's who the show is for. Now, what was the second part of that question? What do I enjoy most about the conversations? Man, let me tell you, I love <laughs> hearing, you know, I like, I love teaching. I love teaching. God has called me to the fivefold ministry as a teacher. But baby, I love talking to the guests. You know, I love being able to hear how God speaks to somebody. I love hearing how people have journeyed in pursuit of an assignment that they've been given, especially when the now, when they get the message, doesn't look anything like what the assignment is supposed to turn into. Like there was a young lady I interviewed. She her, she had had, I think, six cars repossessed. And her, she and her husband was like, we're going to be millionaires, you know? And they would tie while they were living in a family member's basement. Wow. Only make it $300. They would tie the full amount off of the 300, off of the full $300. And their, their relative was like, you're still giving your church money. Cause you know, to an unbeliever, that's what it's, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're still giving your church money and you're living in my basement. And they're like, yeah, that's just what we believe. <laughs> you know, that's what we believe. That's what we believe. And their life is just completely different now. You know, and so I love talking to people and yeah. hearing the faithfulness of God. Yeah, I love that too. Um, podcasting. I had thought about doing it for so long. And when I finally said yes, I was like, I, I, I don't know what took me so long to finally do it because I absolutely love these conversations that I get to um, have here on the podcast. I love the transparency of um, the people that share like stories. I love stuff like that because I'm I'm a firm believer that you, the experience that you have had, somebody else has had it as well, whether they're willing to admit it or not. 
and something about your story. Maybe you only said one word and they were able to resonate with that. But I know it's something that other people can take away from the story. So if I can bring people to you that, um, in a sense, are sharing their story and it gives you the freedom to, you know, be in a non-judgmental um, space and, you know, also give you that opportunity of reflection. I just love what I get to do. <laughs> like, thank you, Lord, for choosing me. Thank you for giving me this as a download and a platform and a way um, to talk about you, my experiences, but also connect with other women throughout this world and have them come on and share their experiences and the few good men that we have had here on the podcast. But Pavia, before I let you go, uh, we're going to head into what I like to call our final four. I'm just going to ask you four short questions. There is no right or wrong answer. You just now respond with the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. All right, let's do it. The first one is describe Asian four words or less. It's an identifier, I guess. I don't know. That's so hard. Is it? So yeah. tell me what that means. If, if you want that to be your answer, that's fine. Like I said, there is no right or wrong answer. Um, Let me think about ide- it some more. Age. What does that mean? It's, it's an identifier of what? Of who? Age is an identifier of how long we've been on this earth. But it isn't really like, I mean, that's the best way that I can, I feel like I can describe it because people like to use age as a measuring stick for what they can and cannot do. But in my mind, age is Literally, it's just an, it's an indicator of how long you've been here on Earth. I love it. Okay, good. Yep. It's an identifier. I love it. See, I just wanted you to elaborate on it more. Like, tell me more. I want to hear more of your thought process behind that. This one, this one is a fill in the blank for you. My name is, and age has taught me. My name is Javier, which I have adopted to mean esoteric. And age has taught me that... It does not matter how old you are in the kingdom of God, because I have seen old people with no fruit and no power. And I have seen toddlers with fruit and power. So that is what age has taught me. Come on, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> that is like people say you get older wisdom come as you get older and it's like mm, but I, I see the old age but the wisdom lacks big time so I'm not sure that I agree with that but I, I hear you <laughs> ask for permission or ask for forgiveness I toggle between these um, I've noticed that in some cases I tend to ask for permission and in other cases I tend to ask for forgiveness when it comes to and that's when it comes to like things of this world. When it comes to spiritual stuff, I try to ask permission. Um, but but honestly, for some things, I kind of just do. And by the grace of God, it's just been okay. Um, so I feel like my answer is I kind of toggle between both. But for natural things, here's my recommendation. So in natural things, I feel like asking for permission, I mean, for forgiveness is probably something that would be helpful. I can see in a lot of, in a lot of fields. 
Um, but from a spiritual perspective, you need to ask permission. <laughs> because you don't want to expose yourself to something that is a portal to something else. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. I feel like I was supposed to be quick and I just did this long with the answer. <laughs> that really was circular. It's all good. Comfortable silences or non-stop conversations? Silence. All right. Fabio, let the people know what final words you have for them and where they can connect with you after this podcast. So the final word that I have is I want to, I hope that you understand and know that you matter to God and you are important to him. Like he sees you as flawless and he has created you for a purpose, very intentionally for a purpose. Um, yeah, that's like my final word. Now, as far as connecting with me, so if you're listening to this and you're like, girl, I don't know what my purpose is, but you done got me on fire for it. So what's next? I think a great place for you to start is my quiz. You can find it over at paviel.com forward slash quiz. And it's my path to purpose quiz. No, it's not going to tell you your purpose, but what it actually is going to do is to reveal some things that might be blocking you from from discovering your purpose and that will help propel you on the way. And then I have some recommendations based off of what result you got. Um, and the results are lengthy. They're very good. Um, a lot of people are just floored at the accuracy of the results. So if you take it, I want you to um, email me. Um, you can email me at hi at paviel.com. Or DM me on Instagram. You can find me at paviel.esq, the abbreviation for Esquire. Um, so you can DM me there or email me and tell me like how you feel about your results. I um, look forward to like responding to those emails because they're all just so, so, so insightful and um, and just great because I love to see breakthroughs that people get. They're like, oh my goodness, this is so me. You're so <laughs> right. I should, I, sh- I should not be doing this. Ooh, fear done crap then. You right, you right, you right. You know, so I just love when the breakthroughs start happening because it gives you next steps. Okay, now that you've discovered this here's how to keep going on your journey so yeah i mean yeah that's it i love that pavio thank you so much for being a guest here today thank you for having me thank you for listening to the ageless conversations podcast if you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast please share it with others or leave a rating and review your review really does help others find out about the podcast as always You can head over to my website now at TamekaMcTeer.com to sign up for my email list as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. That's all for this episode. Talk to you all next week.